0: You know, a couple of weekends ago, my daughter asked a very good question as we were in the process of putting up our Christmas tree. Uh, She said, Dad, why do some people get pre-lit trees and others get trees where you have to wrap the lights on them. She goes, I don't understand. Why would anyone not want to, to go through that experience of wrapping lights on a tree and, and, and just get lights that are, that are already on the tree? And, and I said, well, some people just want to maintain their Christianity through Christmas. That's why, right? I, I mean, so, some of you, just be honest. I mean, you've come this close to losing your Christianity and, and saying things around the tree that should not be said All because of of this whole light issue and and trying to get those things wrapped around. I, I started wondering, why lights on a Christmas tree anyway, right? I kind of thought that it happened this way. That there near the beginning of the founding of our country, some of the wives got together and said, what can we do to drive our husbands crazy? And, and one raised her hand and said, I, I don't know, I think, I think about every four or five months we should ask our husbands to rearrange the furniture in the house. And then once we have it rearranged, say, no, I think I liked it better the way it was before. And, and they all liked that. But then, but then another wife said, "Women, no, I've got, a, I've got an idea. How about, we, how about we wake up our husbands during the middle of the night and say, I think I heard something. And you need to get up and go check on that. And then when they get up, we just go right back to sleep. And, and, and then they have to, to, to be concerned about that all night. And the women really, they, they love that idea. And then, then there was another that said, wait a minute, I got it. How about, how about we get ladders? And we ask our husbands to climb up on ladders and, and hang lights around our homes and and, and, and and then let's also, let, let's bring trees in from the outside, and let's have them wrap those same lights around the trees. And somebody goes, oh, wait, well, wait, yeah, and let's make those lights out of something that will get tangled in storage. And and then another wife said, wait, I've got something even, even better. Let's make it so that when one bulb goes out, they all go out. And there was just applause all in the room. And that's how I think it happened. That's always been how I just pictured it going, that it was some conspiracy that the wives came up with in order to make things difficult. Uh, you can actually look through history and you can, you can find a lot of information about Christmas trees and the tradition and, and how actually it's something that was borrowed from pagan culture and brought in to our Christian conversation. But it was during the Middle Ages that you would find those who were believers in Christ lighting candles and setting them up in their windowsills, in their doorways, to, to show that they were believers in the light. And over time, those traditions began to get melded together, and, and we have what we have today. Trees up in many homes, trees in many businesses, trees in many buildings, trees on the sides of the roads, and lights wrapped all around them shining. You say, what's the big deal? Why put lights on there anyway? Well, Well, now for us in 2018, it really is a reminder that there was once a true light that would give light to the world that was coming. You see, oftentimes we talk about the Christmas story. We look in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and and Luke and John. We focus usually often in the Gospel of Luke. But there's, there's a couple of verses in John that I thought would be good for us to see today. This is how John incorporates the idea of the coming of Jesus into the world. He says it's a true light that's going to give light to to everyone. And that light is coming into the world. Jesus himself would later say, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. But get this, will have, say it with me, the light of life. Let's just be honest, we could all use a little light, couldn't we? We could all use some light because things tend to get dark. Maybe it's because of the darkness of despair. We talked a little bit about this last week, how things just don't go the way in which we intend them to go, and maybe this year just hasn't gone the way you wanted to go, and there's been a lot of hopelessness that has begun to To creep in and the darkness just seems to be something that you can actually feel. I would love for you to be able to leave today with the light of God's hope actually there in your life. Where you can look at the things that have taken place and realize, you know what, it's not what I wanted. It's not what I would have written out for myself. But this one thing I know, that in the midst of my darkest time, there has always still been a light. Maybe you've been experiencing the darkness of suffering. Maybe it's a physical suffering and you just can't get around like you used to. And you're having some concerns when it comes to your doctor visits. And, and maybe the, the light of God's joy really needs to be in your heart right now. Because you've got all the anxiety that's been building up. And it's just been, it seems like consuming you. And it's just hard to get excited for Christmas. Maybe it's just the darkness of your own mistakes and failures. You've seen some of the decisions that you've made, some of the choices, those personal choices, and now you look at things and you go, man, I I don't know how I, I don't know how I got here. I don't understand how things just got so, just out of whack. I don't understand. It just seems like one thing led to another and now you look at situations within your relationship. You look at just your own personal life. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. It seems as if the darkness just continues just to be kind of like a dimmer switch. Where things just get progressively darker and, and darker in our life. I mean, the darkness has always been there. We, haven't, we don't have to teach our children how to spit their food out after we put it in their mouth, Right? We we don't have to teach our children how to throw a tantrum when they don't get what they want. It seems as if the darkness has been there. We've we've seen it, but we see it just increase and increase. And so we've seen it in the fact that it can take you from yelling at your kids to, to pushing and hitting them. It can take you from a few drinks with some friends to to not even being able to go a day without getting drunk. It could take you from looking at some pictures in a catalog to all of a sudden spending hours online looking at graphic images. The darkness can take you from putting just a few dollars of petty cash in your pocket to all of a sudden embezzling thousands. It takes you from a little self-indulgence to a crippling credit card debt. And I've I've mentioned this before. There there's a song by Casting Crowns a few years ago called Slow Fade that I think really speaks to this. They say it's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white have turned to gray. Thoughts invade, choices are made, and a price will be paid when you give yourself away. People never crumble in a day. It's a slow fade. And that's the way it is with darkness. It just begins to take over until there is this moment where we wake up like that child, afraid in the night, and we cry out for our Father. And here is why I'm so excited that it's Christmas. Because I really believe that you and I need this time. We need these days, and we need the lights on the tree, and we need this remembrance because I need Christmas to remind me that in all the darkness that I see, the darkness that is within and the darkness that is without, that there is always light. That's the message. It's the message of Jesus Christ that darkness has come into the world. One of the first prophecies of Jesus you can read about In the prophet Isaiah chapter 9 and beginning there in the very top of the chapter verse 1 it says nevertheless that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Isaiah is writing about the darkness present before the Messiah comes and he says but the despair is not going to last a lifetime because the people who walk in darkness they're going to see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light is going to shine. This was the message that people for centuries, they devoted their life to. They couldn't wait to see the fulfillment. They could not wait to see the actual light as it would come. And yet they had no idea that the light that would be coming from God would be a light not just to drive out darkness from their own individual life, but a light that would be shared with them. Remember how I said earlier that Jesus himself had told his followers, look, I am the light of the world, and if you follow me, you will never walk in darkness. He also told his followers this. He said, you are the light of the world. Now think about that for a minute. Jesus, who the prophets had said will be the light of God, Jesus, who John said the light has come and the darkness cannot overcome it, Jesus, who says I am the light. If you're looking for light in a dark world, Jesus says I am that light. And then he would look at those who would follow him and say, Oh, but but you're light also. You're, you're light also. He's like, well, how does that how does that happen? It's because Jesus did not just want to come and be one flash. All right? It wasn't as if the Son of God came into this world and it was like a comet that flies by and then is gone and everybody rushes out to see. I want to see the light of God. And so you plan everything perfectly because at such and such time in the eastern sky, there will be a flash of light and you can follow it all the way across the heavens. And so you go and you tell your neighbors and you tell your children and you make all of your plans so that you can be out that night to see that light. Now oftentimes that's how we treat Jesus. That's how we treat the light of God as if it was one passing light in the dark sky. As if it came and brought light just for a moment, and then it was gone. But God, in His wisdom, wanted to make sure that the light of Christ was something that would have impact, not just in the days of Christ, but in all the days that would follow. He wanted to make sure that the light that was there in the beginning would continue to shine even until, even until the end. So Jesus says, you're the light of the world if you have the light within you. He says, and I want you to let that light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, and I'm going to say something here that that might go against the grain on some things that you have heard before when it comes to the way in which we go about shining light. Did you read this last week how that there was a good Samaritan, so to speak, a a light sharer who went and paid off Walmart layaways? Did you guys read about that? And nobody initially knew who had done it at, at the time. Now I can remember as a kid, layaway was painful. Now now for some of our kids who are here today, they have no idea what layaway maybe is. But layaway, man, that was when your parents would take you to the store and they would take you a few months out from Christmas and you would walk through the toy aisles and you would see all of this splendor and you would be like, I want that. And your parent would look at you and say, all right, that's fine, but we're going to put it on layaway. Now, what layaway was, you would take that toy and you would walk to the back of the store and you would go to some nice, friendly, cheerful person who would take your toy away from you and carry it and put it in some back dark room with all the other kids' toys. And they would give you a layaway book. And you could mark how much you had paid on that toy or on that gift or whatever it was that you had bought. And every week you could come in and you could put on, put some money onto that purchase. And they would write it down in that book and you would take that book home. And you would know that one day, one day I'm going to be able to pay off whatever the amount is I owe. And I can retrieve my toy from the depths of the darkness in the room beyond. And when that day finally came, it, it, was, it was like, you know, it, it truly was Christmas, it seemed. Because you, you, you had the money burning a hole in your pocket, and you ran to the back of the store, and you went back there, and you took your little book, and you paid your last pennies and dimes and quarters, and they went back into the depths, and they came out, and voila, there it was, your toy that now you didn't really want because you'd waited so long. And and you you look at it and you're like, well, that's not how I remember it looking. That's not what I wanted. But that was layaway. Well, there have been some people over the last few weeks who have gone into Walmart and some other stores and have paid off families layaway. They paid off off those books. And and they did it anonymously because they didn't want people to know. And we talk about that oftentimes, about just doing things that, that nobody knows about. And, and, and oftentimes we will, we, we will use Jesus' own words when he would talk in the Sermon on the Mount and, and speak about not, you know, not letting your left hand know what your right hand is, is doing. And when you give your alms, don't give them all so that everybody knows, hey, look what I'm giving, but you do it in secret. But, you know, I want you to see something from this passage. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. And I want you to let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We are supposed to be people who are allowing our deeds to be seen. We want the focus, yeah, to be on the deeds, but let's not hide it and and try to keep it away because guess what? We want the glory to go to our Heavenly Father. And maybe there's some deed that you're going to be participating in over the next couple of weeks. There's some act of kindness that you're going to show. There's a service that you're going to be involved in. And instead of doing it secretly, you need to do it so that others can say, why did you do this? And you can say, because the light of God has shined on me. And I want that light to shine through me. And then when someone comes to say thank you, because they know it was you, they know it was you who paid off the layaway. They know it was you who gave the gift. They know it was you who stayed up all night. They know it was you that gave the meal. They know it was you that was in prayer. They know it was you who were responsible for lifting them up. They come and say, thank you. And you say, no, no, no. don't thank me. Praise God. Praise God for the light that he sent into the world. So what are you going to do this week? What are you going to do between, let's just say now and and Christmas, December 25th? What are you going to do that will cause others to glorify your Father in heaven? Because they have seen your good deeds. They have seen the light of God shining through you. Maybe it's something as simple as just, you know, you you, you bake some cookies and you carry them to the neighbors who are next door. Maybe, maybe you do. You go caroling and you just camp out with some people and you sing and you pray. and You just spend some time with maybe some individuals who don't get a lot of, of visits. Maybe you recognize that there are some people who are in financial need and you you seek to help them in that. Maybe it's a meal that you take. Maybe it's, again, the time, as Bo Walker was mentioning earlier, that that you give so many different things that you are able to do. What will be your way of, of sharing the light? I know we've got teachers who are here that they know of students within their own classrooms whose families could use help this holiday season. There are families even within our congregation here who could use help. What is it that you're going to do that God's light might be seen? Now remember this light is not a self-generated light. It's, It's a light that comes from the light of the world. And as a follower of Jesus, as a believer in Christ, as someone who says, you know what, this, this is where I put my focus. That light, that light then starts to shine through you and impacts those who are around you. And you know, we, we do a great job. We do, we, we do a great job oftentimes of of shining our light here with the different ministries that we have and many of the different outreach opportunities that go on here at East Brainerd. But, and some of those things that we do impact people who are right here, you know, within this building. And oftentimes our lights, let's just be honest, it it just shines best here, when we're here. But maybe what we need to be reminded of is that light is seen best in the midst of darkness, light is seen best where there is hurt and and where there is pain. Light is light is seen best where there has been despair and and where there has been suffering. Light has seen best not necessarily where there are a bunch of Christian people sitting and singing and praising, but light is seen best in the neighborhoods and in the school rooms and and in the boardrooms that we all enter. And so can I just remind you of that for just a minute? I, I want the guys upstairs to turn out the lights just for a few minutes. And we got a lot of lights around here. We got red lights and green lights. But can we be reminded just for a minute? Can we be reminded just of the light of God? You see, as I sit here and the lights are turned down, I'm reminded of my own darkness. And I feel in some ways more comfortable talking to you like this than when the lights are all up. It's easier to admit that I'm a sinful person. And I know what it means to feel darkness closing in. And as I sit here and see the lights on this tree, I am filled with hope and I am filled with joy. And and there is a reason to continue and to go on because I begin to understand, you know what? There's always light. See, no matter how bad things have been for you this year, there is still light that is shining. No matter how bad you feel, no matter how you wish things were different, the light of God continues to shine. And no matter what decisions you've made, no matter what it is that you've done, no matter what path that you have gone down, the lights that shine at Christmas remind us that there is a light that shines in the darkness and that Jesus has come. What an impact one light can be First words recorded in Scripture that are attributed to our God. Let there be light. And the text says, and there was light. What does it look like? When the people of God shine the light of God. What will it look like this week? What will it look like in your home? What will it look like at your school? What would it be like in your neighborhood? What's it going to be like? What's it going to be like in your car? What's it going to be like in your Bible class, in your small group? What's it going to be like over the next few weeks as you allow the light of God to truly be the light of the world? I need Christmas because I need to remember that no matter how dark things get, there is always light. Will you join me in prayer? Father, we give you praise because there is so much darkness in this world. There is so much hurt and hatred and envy and pain. And yet in the midst of all that darkness, there is still light that shines. There is still light that that impacts and there is light that brightens and there is, there is light that provides hope. And it's all because you love the world so much that you would give your one and only son. And you didn't want him to be just a light that flashed for a moment, but you wanted that light to truly be the life of men. And to change mankind. And so you've been shining through others now for centuries. Through every cup of water, through every slice of bread, through all of those things that have been shared, the, the hugs, the, the welcoming handshakes. The way in which bills have been paid off, the way in which medicine has been given, the way in which homes have been opened up, forgiveness has been offered. In so many different ways, the light of Christ has been shining. And so I ask for us here today that we would continue in what you have already been doing, and that we would allow your light to shine through us so that others might see our good deeds. And give you honor and praise. Father we thank you for the way in which the light has changed our life. May you use us to change someone else's. In the days and weeks to come. In the name of Jesus the light of the world we pray. Amen. As our lights come back up. We will sing together. Encouraging one another. And if you need to come to the light of the world this morning, walking out of your dark choices and the path that you have been on, the name, the name of Jesus as your Savior, we encourage you to do so. We'll rejoice with you as you are baptized into Christ, and we will wrap our arms around you, welcoming you to the family of God. It's amazing the effect the light has after you've been in the darkness, isn't it? The light shines, and all of a sudden you realize that something is different and something has changed. Maybe that's why you need to come this morning because you need to be that light of change in somebody else's life. And you need the prayers of this church to give you the strength and the courage to be able to do so. Whatever your need is, we encourage you to come as together we stand and praise the light of the world.